0: Hey everyone, it's Diana Sabatino. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my amazing and good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of
1: success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host,
0: Stacey O'Byrne.
1: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Diana Sabatino. Diana left her 14-year corporate career in 1997 with a Fortune 100 company as VP of Training and Sales Development to open 3D International Training and Consulting. After seven years of serving international and domestic clients on sales, leadership, performance management, Diana decided to use her business savvy in the entrepreneurial arena. This is something that her and I have a lot in common with. I'm beyond excited for you to get to know her. With a desire to stay closer to home, amen to that sister. In 2005, she established Diana and Company Jewelry Designs, a private boutique brokering certified diamonds and specializing in custom creations. I'm really excited to hear about that. As a small business owner and entrepreneur, Diana was always looking to connect with others and share her success. In 2016, Diana took on the role of Managing Director for eWomen Network, a national organization serving, supporting, and mentoring women business owners and entrepreneurs. During the first three years in this role, Diana has observed a growing need for the small business owner, and this has prompted her to reprise her training and business consulting Expertise and in 2019, Diana launched Excel Performance, a training and sales development company focused on serving corporate, small businesses, and entrepreneurs to implement effective strategies that elevate and impact their sales and leadership. When not working, you can find Diana and her hubby, Mike, singing and playing music or in Vegas playing poker. Giddy up, let's go. <laughs> I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation today with Diana. This is phenomenal. She's an amazing woman. And really quick, If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify blind spots, increase accountability, take you, your business, your income, your life, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a phone call with us to make sure we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Diana, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Stacey.
1: No, my pleasure. So let's get to know you a little bit in jewelry business. How does somebody go from a Fortune 100 company to... Leadership, sales, business consulting to jewelry, and then back again.
0: <laughs> yeah, a uh, very interesting uh, road to success. I think we've all gone through you know different steps in our lives. But uh, my jewelry background started uh, out of high school. So mm-hmm. as I put myself through school, I put myself through school working at jewelry stores. So there was the jewelry connection, um, and of course, as I grew and I got into corporate America. I started working for MCI telecommunications, and that was my introduction in tech technology. And that took me into my sales career and then into my training uh, and sales development career. And when uh, MCI got purchased, I was with them for about 14 years. So I started in sales, worked my way up uh, to VP of training. Uh, So I used to train all the international and national groups, uh, the managers, and also had a hand in developing the curriculum. And when they got bought by WorldCom, my job no longer existed. Mm. And uh, with a very interesting story, I I literally went in on a Thursday. They said, you're you're no longer employed, right? WorldCom has taken over. So, you know, all of the mid-level people were pretty much gone.
1: Mm-hmm. And they
0: were bringing in their own staff and uh, I remember that day so well, like literally you're at your desk they packed the boxes and because it's federal, you know the FCC, they actually escorted you out made sure you didn't take anything with you. Yep. So uh, Thursday morning I went to work Thursday afternoon I left work with my box of stuff. Um, but after 14 years they also treated me extremely well, uh, so I left with a nice package. And I tell you this story because it leads into kind of how I got back into, how I got into uh, jewelry uh, as well. So I literally that day left MCI and uh, the following day I was heading to Las Vegas. I had a home there and uh, my renter had left. So I was going to meet the management company and that was already in the works. So I continued with my trip to Las Vegas, waiting for the management company at my home a knock came on the door. And uh, when that knock came on the door, uh, it was actually one of my uh, old general managers who worked for MCI, an old VP who had since left his wife. And uh, she said, I'm so glad you still live here. And I said, I haven't lived here for four years. And she shared with me that her husband was in Ireland. He had just met a marketeer who was getting ready to break up the telephone company. And would I like to go to Ireland? And uh, so that started the conversation. I started my training company, then my consulting company, then and went to Ireland uh, for three years. So when I came back, got married, and that's when the traveling was still continuing on a regular basis. So because of the enormous amount of traveling I was doing, my first year married, I was pretty much on the road for nine months. And my husband said, you got to figure something else out. Like I didn't (laughs) sign up for this. Uh, So that led me to the opportunity of jewelry. Um, I talked to my jeweler at the time and he said, "You know, why don't you think about opening up a little silver shop? And that kind of started the wheels in motion. I could open up a silver shop. I could do consulting on the side um the silver shop took off and the next thing i knew i had a fine jewelry store and i was back in the jewelry business so just full circle went uh went through that so it's very interesting
1: you know we have even more in common than than what i realized you know i i climbed the corporate ladder i did what i was supposed to do i went to school got a great education i served our country got out and I literally started from the bottom up. I started making minimum wage, worked in a warehouse, driving a forklift and uh, making making kits for assembly. So I got into the high-tech industry, uh, very similar to you, a little different. Uh, we service telecom okay. and, uh, and we were building all the circuit boards and all the wire harnesses and I was really intrigued by all the sales guys that kept coming in and calling on the purchasing department. And my boss was at that time, she was the uh, materials manager, purchasing manager and production control supervisor. And she just came up to me one day and said, you're really sharp, I wanna promote you. And she made me a junior buyer. I didn't even know what that meant. And then uh, she had a passing in the family and she had to move out of town to take care of the estate and everything. And she promoted me and trained me to replace her. So I became the materials manager, purchasing manager, production control supervisor and warehouse manager. And I was responsible for $500 million worth of product. And the only saving grace is, you know, everything, all the kits I was building were parts I was familiar with from the military you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, fast forward, these sales guys are now calling on me and I'm fascinated by them. However, they were all telling me what I wanted to hear, not what I needed to hear. And I really didn't like the games they were playing with my buyers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had made the decision to leave that side and then hop over and get into sales. And I remember my very first inside sales job I asked them what my account base was and they handed me what's known as the electronic source book, which is that industry's uh, telephone book, basically. Mm -hmm. And they said, that's your account base. And I go, well, what does that mean? And they go, any account that you can get to do business with, use your account. So I started with nothing. And within about three months, I had had an account base that was doing about a hundred thousand a month, which was unheard of in in that company and then a year later i had an account base that was doing a million a month which was totally unheard of and they kept asking me how are you doing this and i'm like i'm telling them what they need to hear not what they want to hear
0: 100 percent yeah that's how i got into training from mci that i was succeeding in. you know and they would they would joke with me i would go to all these chairman inner circles and everything and they would say well you know what do you you know what do you attribute your success to and i used to you know like give us your day and i would say well i do this and i work this amount of hours but then i go shop and i do this and i talk to this one and i talk to it. and they were like you know and they thought i was joking but in essence it it was true but i focused on the building of the relationships always as my number one focus, and that allowed me to be extremely successful in sales, and then they said, could you teach our national account teams, could you teach this, and that's how I got in from sales into training, Um, because I was on the road to like management right, Uh, I was going to do that, that was going to be my thing, and then it took me into the training aspect, which of course I loved. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's also to people that are doing it, think about doing it a little bit different, right. You don't mm-hmm. have to do it always the, what they consider the yep. sales way of doing something.
1: Yep. And, and, you know, I, uh, as I continued to achieve success and achieve success, they started wooing me to then make a bunch of mini knees. You know, I remember, I remember my boss who was actually the national sales and sales operations manager. She looked at me and she goes, every time I look in your eyes, all I see are dollar signs. She goes, and I was young. I was, you know, I was in my my mid to late 20s. Yeah. And 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 she she said, I need an army of you without your attitude. And, you know, because everybody that I worked with was like 15, 20, 30, 40 years older than me. And, um, and she just kept promoting me and promoting me. And, you know, for me coming from the military uh, leadership was more barking, you know, people Mm -hmm. did what you told them to do because they had to in the civilian world, that doesn't happen. So my style of leadership really evolved under this woman, you know, she really, really groomed me. And then, and then when she had made the decision to retire, she said, look, I've got an 18 month exit strategy and you're it, and I'm grooming you to replace me. And it was, it was the most humbling experience of my life to be mentored by an industry icon. When she was the only female for decades that held the position that she held. Mm -hmm. And she paved the way for women in the high-tech industry. And to have the honor and privilege of being mentored by her was phenomenal. And she always told me, Stace, reality is this. Your sales teams will work for you if you work for them. And they'll work against you if you don't work with them. 100%.
0: 100%. Well, I think it's a difference between being a boss and being a leader, right? There's yeah. a lot of bosses out there and they teach you or tell you how to do your job, how to do the work, uh, share with you that kind of information. But a leader really shares more inspiration and motivation and empowers you, right? So yeah. it's just a different um, you know, and I think a boss can be a leader and a leader can be a boss, right? But uh, but there's some clear distinctions on how different people choose to take on those kind of roles. And mentorship, I think, is key for, for all of us, right? I mean, we've, yeah. we've all experienced, whether it's you know, our early mentors, maybe our parents, or maybe it was that favorite aunt or that neighbor, or maybe it was that teacher or that professor, right? There's been somebody in your life that has provided some kind of mentorship yeah. for you in I think, you know, mentorship to me is about sharing. It's about giving, right? To be a good mentor, you share, you give. You know, it's not about coaching. It's about sharing and giving, right? It's yeah. a little bit a little bit different. And, and I think we need to ask ourselves as uh, leaders, whether you're a leader today or you're an upcoming leader or you're looking to be a leader, you know, how are you showing up? How are you... Uh, nourishing the people that are around you, what are you doing to really, um, elevate leadership in, in your business or in your life, whether it's for your people that work for you, uh, or a VA, or maybe it's just other people that you work with, yeah.
1: you know? Yeah. So. You know, you, you bring up a lot of points there and, and I kind of want to rewind a little bit. Okay. Uh, whether you're a business owner or an entrepreneur, or self-employed, or if you're an independent contractor, you are a leader. You are a leader of some sort. You have to be able to manage yourself, lead yourself, have self-discipline, self-esteem, self-love, self-respect, self-worth, self-understanding, so that other people can connect with you and follow you from their problem to their solution. And if that itty-bitty shitty committee deploys in your head and becomes your worst enemy instead of your best friend, then people can't connect with you and follow you to get out of their pain.
0: 100%.
1: And I, it doesn't matter if, if you're in corporate or if you're a solopreneur, it doesn't matter if you have a team behind you or you build a team around you. Mm -hmm. All that matters is you understand you have to need to must show up as a leader so that people can connect and follow to move from pain to pleasure,
0: period. hundred percent. And I think with that, you know, when you show up as a leader to really like kind of identify that too, it's how are you showing up to serve? Mm -hmm. How are you providing that added value, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're showing up that way, uh, you are nurturing other people and, and they see you as that leader. They see you as that person, that, that top, like that resource, that person that could be a connector, that person that can take me to that next level right Mm -hmm. some people I think want to be leaders but they don't know how to be a leader yeah right so I think you have to be asking yourself those kind of questions how am I showing up how am I serving how do I provide value you know you know there there's that old saying and I can't I don't I don't want I know I'm gonna mess it up if I try and do it verbatim but you know people when they meet you when you're around someone, it's not just about, you know, what you say, what you do, what you have on, anything. It's also about the experience that people have when they're in your presence. What are they, what are they experiencing from you? So, you know, I think you need to ask yourself that, you know, what are you doing to support others? What are, how are you uh, showing up,
1: you yeah. know, on, yeah. on a
0: regular basis?
1: So I know something about you. And I, I'm really excited about this next direction our conversation's gonna take. Okay. You know, it's, it's never been a secret that I've built two seven figure businesses 100% from word of mouth marketing, 100% from networking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the first business I did uh, solely for the fact that I bought a bankrupt company, inherited the business owner that came with it and wasn't going to infuse my money into it because of the lack of financial responsibility that the other party had. Uh, So I bootstrapped that business 100%. The second one is the one I own today. uh, And I was put in the position, um, my, my, I, I quickly share my story with people. I will. I went to bed a millionaire, woke up with sixteen cents in the bank. He embezzled everything from me, <laughs> and and then turned around and sued me the next day. Oh you God. know, and I was in a position where I had to, had to bootstrap my business, and it was a journey. It really was, and it was a beautiful journey and i did it 100% from word of mouth marketing networking adding value to people and you know in my humble opinion sales and marketing today has changed dramatically even before the pandemic you know before even pre covid sales and marketing had changed you know google has created a space of instant gratification instantaneous information, people know who you are, what you are, what you do, and everything about you and your competition before you even know them, right? And and I think for that reason, you know, people have stopped tire kicking. People are very clear that they have a need, want, and desire for a product, service, and solution. It's just a matter of which product, which solution, and which service they're going to retain to make that happen. Mm And, you know, there's a lot of studies out there from WAMA, New York Times did a study that 74% of the new business that was transacted in 2019 came from a referral, a word of mouth marketing. And out of that 70 plus percent of the business that was transacted, uh, I think it was 48% of it was transacted on the first touch because someone said do business with this person so coming from the world of corporate right Mm -hmm. how does someone get referral marketing so quickly like you did because i know for me for me it was it was a fascinating journey Uh, I'll I'll share with you real quick why I asked this question. You know, networking in corporate America was really easy. You went to a customer's party. All your competition was there. You'd get them drunk, find out who the performers were, offer them a job. They'd walk up to their boss, they'd burn a bridge, and they'd start working for you, right? When I went to my first networking meeting, uh, before I had really identified what it was I was going to do, I couldn't figure out where the bars were. I was like, how do you people network sober? (laughs) I never drank, but I got other people drunk, right? (laughs) And uh, when people looked at me and they were like, well, this is a professional environment. We don't do that. And I'm kind of standing there scratching my head, like the job I had for 10 years, wasn't professional. (laughs) So how did, how did you stumble into entrepreneurial uh, referral marketing?
0: Well, I think it, twofold. So um, so my experience in corporate may have been a little bit different. Um, yes, we definitely had that uh, that uh, MO as well mm-hmm. uh, for our big national accounts, big clients. Of course, we'd take them on the flight, take them to the, the big hub, get yeah. them on a private plane, get them drunk, and they'd sign the contracts, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 but I think that was kind of like that good old boys yeah. type uh, network mentality. Right. Um, But, however, too, I also had, um, I had the opportunity to really the the group that I was training the national accounts was a lot of very uh, consultative type selling. Um, so there was a lot of networking and really making sure that you were nourishing the people that were within that network, whether they were your, your final decision makers, or they were people within the company. So you might not have been networking outside, but you were networking Mm -hmm. internally. You were positioning yourself up, down, and across the organization. So it was more of an internal network that you were working within a specific industry or a specific uh business mm-hmm. so i think some of those same tools that i learned there i then um just sort of flipped to uh to the entrepreneurial arena and of course mm-hmm. when um when i moved into uh when i came back to the states and i had my jewelry store my, my husband used to joke with me that they would buy jewelry from me because they not only got beautiful jewelry and custom pieces, but they also got their accounts plans looked at, they got training, (laughs) they got, you know, they got, because that was just a natural thing for me, I think was always about, um, other people, Mm -hmm. you know, I grew up as an only child, and I remember going on vacations with my parents and we'd arrive in Florida. We used to go to Florida every year and we'd arrive in Florida at this beautiful hotel. And you know, I was fortunate enough because I wasn't only my, we didn't have five other kids to take on a vacation. So I got to go on the nice vacation, right? Um, and we'd arrive for the two weeks. And I remember my dad going, okay, go find your people. Like Mm -hmm. go out there and find your people for the two weeks. And I think that allowed me to make sure that I was always focusing on others, finding out more about them. And through finding out about them, I would position how I would fit. So then you're building a relationship. In that case, it was maybe a friendship to play on the beach. But Mm -hmm. that same concept, that same, uh, those same tools, that same resource works in business as well, the more interested you are in others, the more interested they become in you, right? So the more I can find out about them. So I use those kind of techniques um, in the networking arena. And I think it's also too, not just about building a network or surrounding yourself with people. It's about surrounding yourself with the quality of people that you need to move you in the direction that you want to go to.
1: Yeah. You know, I, to this day, still network. It's still my strategy. I mean, it's a, well, it's a people skill.
0: It's a life skill. It's it not is. a business skill. I mean, yes, it serves business, but it's, it's communication skill. It's, yeah. it's, you know, if you're not a good, if you're not a good networker, you're probably not a good communicator. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah you know it's funny i uh so i got off stage one day uh, at an event i don't know there was like 350 400 people at the event that i was speaking at i got off stage and some guy looked at me and he goes you don't network anymore and i'm like excuse me and he goes why would you network you, you've built two seven figure businesses from networking. And I said, did you just hear your story? And and he goes, well, what do you mean? And and I said, you just said I built two seven figure businesses from networking. Why are you asking me why I'm still networking? And he's a golden ticket, baby. He looked at me and he goes, well, because you made it. And I said, yes. And why would I ever stop?
0: well I he can find success differently than you do to exactly. define success based on a monetary value of i've reached this million dollar mark so i'm successful i can stop now
1: yeah no
0: right yeah. Um, you know and it's it's all in how somebody defines that success mark i think
1: that's a beautiful point so Let's touch that because one of my questions that I really wanted to talk with you about, because I know with your involvement with e-women, you know, you're, you're a managing director in e-women. I own multiple team referral network franchises. So yeah. we meet an immense amount of entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, independent contractors, sales professionals, entrepreneurs, I mean, just business owners, so many different variations from a multitude of industries. And they all have dreams. Yep. And so many of them give up, you know, and, and so many of them, I'm, I'm going to use the F bomb, right? So many of them fail. Yep. And I don't believe in failure. I only believe in feedback. And the only time I think failure ever exists is when you don't receive and pivot to the feedback.
0: 100%.
1: So, why do you think so many fail? Why do you think so many give up?
0: Well, and I think that that's part of it. They give up, they give up too early, number one. Okay. They definitely give up too early. Um, But I think it's also too, not really having, really having a vision of of what it is that they want to do. They have, they don't maybe have a plan, you know, but those are kind of normal things. Okay. So you don't have a vision, you don't have a plan and you're giving up too easily. Okay. So those Mm -hmm. are like three top things. But I think the other part is, is that they do try and do it all alone they're making decisions in isolation okay so it's not even about finding a network and a support group or whatever i mean that definitely if you look at the businesses out there any businesses out there is really the the success is really linked to the way that they develop relationships 100% yeah so they're they're not doing that But I think one of the biggest things is that they're making those decisions in isolation. They are trying to do everything by themselves. Um, They've come from maybe a corporate environment, or maybe they were a mom, or maybe they had another kind of job, and now they, they have an expertise. They have an ability. They have something that makes them special, right, that they really feel that they could impact others with. So they have that in their head. And they think that that's all that they need. You know, it's not just about um, knowing something, right? If, If our clients only needed to know the answers to their questions, they could go on Google and get any answer that they want. They could just Google it, find out the answer and move forward. Yep. Right. If yep. entrepreneurs only needed the answers to how to run their business more successfully, they only needed to check. Do I have the answers to all these questions? They could go on Google and do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But it's not about the answers to the questions. It's about knowing the questions they need to ask. Yep. They don't know the questions. So this is where they need that mentor. They need that coach. And if you can't afford a mentor and you can't or you can't find a mentor and you can't afford a coach, then you need to find a community. You mm-hmm. need to find a group of people that are willing to share knowledge and resources with you to help you elevate your business. And you may have to share some of your expertise with them okay, to get what it is that you need. So how can I do that successfully as an entrepreneur, is to really making sure that, um, you know, what does my relationship capital look like? Like, who do I have in my, you know, in my group? It's great to have family members and friends, but they may not be the best people. They might support you and pat you on the back and say, oh my God, Stacy, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud you're going to start your business. Good for you, girl. You go, girl. And that's fantastic, but they're not going to challenge you. They are not going to help you avoid the obstacles or the pitfalls out there. So this is where I think like for you and I, that your, you know, your investment into networking, my investment into networking and community is so key to really help people get that massive success in their life. You look at anybody out there, you said it earlier, success leaves clues, right? Any of the people that are out there today that are, massively successful in their business, in their life, in their outcomes, their opportunities, it is always traced back to their relationship capital a hundred percent of the time. Uh, I would say that a hundred percent of the time that it is always going to go back to that
1: yeah you know i want to go back and touch a few things that you said you know you said that the standard reasons why some why so many don't make it one, they give up too soon obviously and and the other is because of clarity and vision and those are pretty standard reasons however what what they really don't know that they don't know is is that their vision their their clarity is so ambiguous, right? And our brain, our brain is incapable of latching on to ambiguity. It can't do it. Our brain can only latch on to specificity. That's why when so many people say, oh, I'll do it later, it never gets done because later is not on the calendar. Or oh I'll do it tomorrow. Well I don't know if you've ever opened up a calendar and found tomorrow on it. Tomorrow doesn't exist because every day you wake up (laughs) is today right? Yeah. Tomorrow is nothing more than the land that all entrepreneurial dreams go to die. That's all yeah. tomorrow is, right? And right. so it's really important for people to have that vision, make it specific. If it's too ambiguous, your brain will loop, it can't take action. And then when you have it specific, it's important to apply expectations management to it. You know, 100%. people... People hear the zero to hero story. They hear the outhouse to penthouse story. You know, when I'm up on stage and, and I, you know, I don't, I don't speak a lot about networking anymore yet. I do right before I had keynotes that were really focused on networking because of my book, secrets, becoming a master networker was a keynote. And, and now, you know, I speak more about the success behind the success. And that's the mindset, the communication, all of that. And that still impacts the networking because a lot of times people say they'll network and then don't show up because the itty bitty shitty committee deploys on them and they don't want to walk into a room alone or whatever, you know. Or
0: they'll come to network, but basically they're selling. They're not networking. They're selling. They're coming to tell, let me tell you what I got
1: yeah you know and and networking is is exactly that it's about casting out a net to connect with people and then work on the relationships it's not about that vomiting that socializing that chatting that selling it's just that will net repel big time
0: well i think too um and if i can just yeah absolutely uh, you know Networking and sales, when you're looking at those those two entities, you know, it they're both the same in that you you don't want to be attached to the outcome. Okay. So a lot of people go in with this thought, I'm going to sell, whether it's I'm sitting in front of a client, I'm gonna sell them my service. And not that you shouldn't have the goal. I mean, we all want to sell our service, that's why we're in business, not Mm -hmm. saying I'm not any anything against sales. I love sales, right? But It's not about attaching yourself to that's the outcome I want. It's about attaching yourself to an action. So whether I'm in a networking environment where my goal is to get a couple actions, that might just be, let's set up a coffee date. Let's continue the conversation. Uh, Let's connect on a Zoom call. Let's meet up next week. Let's, Let's go sit down right now. Whatever that action is, is all you're looking for at that moment. You're not looking for them to buy what it is you have. Yep. Or give you something at this point because you don't know them and they don't know you. Yeah. And same thing with our clients is our goal shouldn't necessarily always be to the uh, outcome. It should be to getting an action, progressing that sale through the process, right? Yep. Progressing it. Through the process it doesn't always happen on a one call close unless you might be selling a pen you know most of us are not selling that we're selling much more complex much more informational much more service-based stuff that's going to take more than one call 90 percent of the time and same thing with our networking people aren't going to automatically refer you or do something for you until they know you so be attached to what's that next action that i want to have happen What's the thing I could want to have happen at this first meeting? What would they have to do? Give me their number, set an appointment, do What's the action that I'm looking for? So then you feel that you've accomplished, you've moved forward and you have, you've moved forward the relationship to really set the foundation for them to do what it is you ultimately want them to do, which is to refer you or to buy your products or service, right?
1: Okay. So you said something that's making me squirm right now.
0: (laughs) So so what
1: if I told you that I came up with a system that creates a one call close more than 80% of the time? I well, have That's sold. fine. That, I, that's
0: fine. I'm not saying you can't have Oh no, I know, clothes, I know. But be attached to the actions Absolutely. that happen. Absolutely. It's
1: about it's about expectations management. It's about having the tools, the resources, the knowledge, the understanding, the understanding of self because when we understand selves, when, when we understand ourselves, we can understand others. When we understand how other people communicate, process information, so many people, so many salespeople deliver canned presentations. I agree. So, so many salespeople attempt to use all these, I'm gonna lovingly say, ninja negotiation techniques. So many salespeople forget that this is a human interaction. And that the person on the other side has a need, want, and desire. They don't tire kick anymore. They just don't. They have a need, want, and desire for a product, service, and solution. They have a pain point. And if you, as the expert, understand that pain, understand that problem, then they know you know how to solve it.
0: I agree, I agree. And
1: and it's really about understanding how people make decisions because there are a million different formulas of how someone formulates a decision in their mind. And you can extract that formula from that person within 90 seconds. And when you have that, you can then deliver your presentation into how they process information. And-
0: I, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, you're no longer selling, you're serving, you're helping people. You know
0: that, that I, I agree woman- with that that I mentor. Uh, yeah, I do agree with that. I do. I would put a, a little caveat on it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, which makes this conversation very interesting because, um, and I love it. Uh, so I agree with you. You, you have the pain point, you serve that pain point. You can, if you're talking to somebody who has the need for what you have, you can close that business on that particular need. Mm-hmm. So here's my, my wrench or my rub to mm-hmm. that is just that, so does everybody else that does what you do so to differentiate yourself oh yeah you have to sometimes dig deeper you have to you know there's there's what i call um identified needs those would be what i would call identified needs so Mm -hmm. i've identified those needs i know i can solve the problem i i present my solution hopefully they buy it right but I would challenge and say to anybody go for the latent needs. So what are some yeah. of the things that maybe they already know that they need, but they maybe don't know a solution for it yeah. right they don't have yeah. the answer. So now you can become that uh, that hero that advisor of this is I'm guiding you and here's how you should do this so now you become a level up or go even deeper to the unrecognizable needs, unrecognized needs that they don't even know they have a need for this. But through conversation, yeah. you, you've been able to uncover some things that may be some gaps that they have where you go, you know what? What if you had something that could do this? How would that affect you? Now you become that trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. Now you become that person So that's where you start to differentiate yourself um, from that. Now, can you go in and sell at the identified need, that one call close, and still build that latent and unrecognized relationship with the client to continue to go deeper? Of course.
1: Right? You can also do it by going deeper anyway. So, so when 100%. I, when but then I that when normally
0: takes it past that one call. So depending on it what it is you're offering, you're depending on your offering.
1: So I have sold $100,000 programs on a one call close in 30 minutes. Yeah, so, me too. and yeah, yeah. So, so we're we're saying the same thing we're just saying it a little differently the average salesperson asks surface level questions that's the problem and when you when you said that when when you were talking about mentoring and coaching and all of that that's really all sales are we're service providers we're coaches we're mentors and you know it's funny because people have this fallacy that coaches are going to tell someone what to do. A consultant tells someone what to do. A coach extracts the excellence out of the person by asking questions the person has never thought of before. And when you look at yourself as a salesperson and you understand how to ask those questions to find the deep structured needs that the person didn't even know that they didn't even know existed, Then when you then can step into their map of reality, speak into their listening, do your presentation through their decision-making process, then closing only becomes serving because the person never, ever knew what their problem was until you helped divulge it. And the only way you can do that is to stop being surface level
0: period. 100%. I think, you know, the key thing is too, is when we are uh, going and, you know, we're, we're talking to, to mm-hmm. those potential clients too. It's 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 also, you know, diving diving deeper, asking those questions. People always ask me all the time of, they'll say, you know, okay, Diane, um, I'll say, what do you need? How's your sales? Talk to me a little bit. You know, I'm sharing uh, some stuff with them and they'll go, I need closing techniques. Share, teach me how to close business right? And 99.9% of the time, it has nothing to do with what you're saying at the end of the sale. You could say anything. You could say, buy my shit, excuse my French, right? You could say that. And people, if you did the work on the front end, they'll sign on the dotted line. Or you could say, please, sir, I would love to have your business, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever way you want to ask, it doesn't matter. It's all about what you've done on the front end, how you planned, how well you know the client? Are you yep. talking to the decision maker? Do you know what it is they need? Yep. Are you able to solve their problems? Are you the best solution? Do they see you as that person that can help them get to the next level? Are you looking like an extension of their team? If all yep. those things are in place, and then some. it doesn't matter how you ask for the business, the business will just happen. In fact, you probably won't even have to ask. They're going to ask you. They're yep. going to say, how do I work with you? What do we need to do to get started? Yeah. What's our next step, right? Yeah, And that's where I think a lot of people, they're looking for- um, that, like, one pill, oh, the that, that one pill, the magic pill. That one little trick yeah. that's gonna get somebody to do something. And I say, do the work, do the work. That's the trick. Do the work, do the planning, know your clients, know your services, really ask the right questions, mm-hmm. right? Dig mm-hmm. deeper right? Um, and, and I think that goes to the fact too of when when people are in there, it's, it's not about the telling. It's not about you sharing, presenting your services. It's all about the asking. It's yeah. all about the asking. You know, if you're asking those great questions, it doesn't matter. It's not, it has nothing to do with what you're presenting has everything to do with what you're asking. If you're finding out the right answers, then you know what it is you need to, to present to that client. And it just becomes a no brainer.
1: You can't present to a problem that is surface level. And you can't present to a problem that you don't understand because if you don't understand it, they don't understand it. You know, I learned that 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 mentor I was telling you about uh, that, that I had the honor and privilege of, of growing and evolving under, she told me a long time ago, Stacy, always remember this rule, sell them what they want, give them what they need. That's the rule you need to operate with. And, you know, so many people show up and they over, over promise service and under deliver it. Why don't you flat out, understand what it is they need, meet them where they're at and take them where they want to go. And the only way you can do that is you want that easy answer? It's this, get out of your way. Because so many people make excuses. So many people have more excuses than they do results. And they have reasons why they didn't go to that networking meeting, why they didn't make 20 phone calls in a day, why they didn't talk to five people, why they didn't make a sale. You know what reality is? The only reason is you. when you get out of your way, when you believe in yourself, then others can believe in you. They got
0: to find you first. A hundred percent. I tell uh, my clients all the time when they give me the excuses, which we all do, you know, we all, <laughs> oh, I didn't get that because, because, oh, because, because you know. I was like, okay, 100%. so now you told me all the reasons why this didn't work. So give me yep. one or two reasons why this can work. And what are you going to do about it? Like, yep. like <laughs> what are the things that you're going to do? And I think that's the other piece of, of the pie is, Even as business owners and entrepreneurs, you were saying a lot of people fail, you know, or don't achieve the greatness that they anticipated that they Mm -hmm. would get when they became an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of it is that they have, they might even have a vision, they might even have a plan, but they're not committed to it and they're not doing the actions a lot of them have a checklist, right? And it's not just two, it's not just about doing the activity or taking the action. It's about taking the right action in the right order at the right time. Okay. And you, that's where, that's where individuals that are your mentors or who have been there can really help guide you When to do the things you need to do, like a good example, as you see right now is um, I see right now with and I'm sure you do, too, with a lot of your business owners in your group, they're doing everything because they're seeing all this thing. Oh, you need this. You need to do this. You need to do this in your business. You need to have this. You need to have this. Well, it really depends on where you're at. And, you know, you not to say that those things aren't good things, but they may not be good for you right now. Yep. So let's look at what are the things that you need to be doing right now to start to move the dial and mm-hmm. move the dial. And then eventually you may do all those things, but they, they basically, um, you know, spend their wad of everything, right? They, they invest in everything mm-hmm. on the front end and they haven't even made a sale yet you know they yep. you know i had a lady say to me what's the first thing i should do i said she goes should i get business cards should i make a website what should i do i said first thing go make a sale <laughs> She goes, well i don't have any business I said, you don't need a business card you don't no. need anything go talk to somebody about what you're gonna do and see if anybody's interested in buying it yep. just go see go go throw it out there Do it for free, do it for $2, whatever you want to do. But just go out there and see if anybody is interested in what you have. Then if they're interested in what you have, okay, now you've got an idea. You still don't have a business, but you have an idea. Now you have to build out what that vision is going to look like. How are you going to fit that? And who's the person that you're going to start to approach, right, and start to do that. Once you have those foundations, then, then you can say, okay, now I'm ready for some business cards. Now I'm ready for this. Now I'm ready to go to to uh, to a networking group. Now yeah. I'm ready to go do this and that. Right you have to really decide what you're going to invest in. It's kind of like meeting the guy for the very first time. I have an idea. I'm going to go to the bar and the first guy, you know, we're getting married. You know, (laughs) you've got to go through the process. You got to go through the process.
1: So, so you're going to laugh. Uh, and, and, and I'm sure that who I'm speaking with right now is probably, or who's listening right now as I speak, this is probably going to cringe. So uh, I, I had someone who, uh, who, uh, strongly listens to my podcast on a regular basis, never met this person. And uh, she reached out to me, I don't know, four or five months ago. And she hired me as a coach. And our very first conversation was, I listen to your podcast. Here's my, here's my business plan. Here's my action plan. Here's my marketing strategy. And nothing's working. And I go, awesome, do me a favor, your homework is this, open up your calendar and, sh- and highlight for me everywhere your action plan is so that I can see where it went south. And she goes, I don't keep a calendar. And I go, well, now we know why you don't have any sales. <laughs> because you can have a plan all you want if you don't schedule the plan, implement the plan, it's never gonna happen. It's nothing more than a really pretty piece of paper you can frame. (laughs)
0: That's right. I mean, commit and take action, right? Decide and take action.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) All about that guy at the bar, right? (laughs) So Diana, welcome to the signature question of the show. And that is what does selling without selling mean to you?
0: What does selling without selling mean to me? I, I guess uh, pretty much what we've been chatting a little bit about is, is really making sure that you are focused on others uh, mm-hmm. first, uh, mm-hmm. finding out more about them. Uh, this has, selling has nothing to do with you. <laughs> selling has nothing down. to do with you. And it really doesn't even have anything to do with your products or services. It really has to do with the needs of the person that you're talking yeah. to. Yeah. So your ultimate goal is to really learn as much as you can about the individual that you're talking to, what their needs are. And in the back of your mind, you're starting to format how you might be able to help them. Just as if you were sitting down and, and with a girlfriend and she was telling you a problem that she was having, yeah. you know, you're not going go divorce him tomorrow because he did that, right? You're thinking through the process of what can I offer? How can I help her? How Mm -hmm. can I support her? Mm -hmm. The same thing happens when we're with our clients is we really have to be able to listen and ask really good questions and always continue to ask more. You know, if you have a list of five questions asked, make sure that you're, you're asking as they're sharing, share with me a little more how that works. What, Mm -hmm. what other issues are you having with that? What happens if that doesn't, Uh, you know, doesn't come to fruition, right? How does that impact you, right? To really start to go deeper and understand not just only their problem, but what it would mean for them to solve that problem, right? So I think it's really focusing on others. Awesome, it absolutely is.
1: And and the more you serve others, the more others will serve you.
0: Absolutely. 100%, Mm a 100%, a 100% of the time. You know, so, and that sales is just a conversation. You know, one of the things, and um, just briefly, do I have time for a quickie? Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, when I first started with MCI uh, back in 85, 1985, mm-hmm. right? Um, I had done sales before, of course, in jewelry and different things like that. But this was the first like corporate sales job, yeah. right? And I got hired as a telemarketer and went in for my training and, uh, day two, I come in to do my job now, right? They gave me my one day of training and they, I walked in and they said, your job is changed. You're no longer going to be a telemarketer. I hadn't even like started yet They go. You're no longer going to be a telemarketer. You're going to be something called an account executive, Mm -hmm. and you're going to have a territory and you're going to go out and see corporate accounts Mm one-on-one and you're going to get them to change from AT&T to MCI. Right. (laughs) And I was like, okay, and they said, and we're giving you an $8,000 a year raise. Okay, so I'm like, oh my God, this is the best job I've ever had in my life. Like <laughs> I went in one day, I got a raise, I got a promotion. I mean, I hadn't even started yet. I thought, yep. oh my God, I'm, I hit gold, right? And uh, so they, uh, they told us all this, the next day we all go in and they give us these little cards. And they said, all right, what well, you're gonna do, cause they were going after market share, right? To change. And so they said, what we're going to have you do is you're going to go out to, we're going to give you territory, you're going to go out and you have to get people to sign over their, their long distance to MCI from AT&T or whoever their carrier was, right? ATT AT&T was the only carrier at the time, right? So mm-hmm. to MCI. And I was like, oh, okay. And they said, so you're going to go out and knock on doors, basically to businesses. Mm-hmm. So I remember getting in my car, it was like 8.30 in the morning, I get in my car and my territory was Inglewood. I had Inglewood, Westchester, and um, and then I had West Covina, which was further away. But uh, so I get in the car, 8.30 in the morning, um, driving around my territory. At 12.30, I get out of my car for the very first time at Denny's and decided I was gonna have lunch, right? So I hadn't knocked on any doors yet. I was afraid. I had never done that. C- clients had always come to me, mm. so it was a different experience, right? Um, long story short, I'm having lunch. I look outside. I see there's a hair supply place across the way, and I said I'm going to go after. I went over there to get some shampoo. I figured I might as well do that before you know <laughs> before I make my first call. And as I walked in, um, the woman came over to me and started a conversation with me. And um, I was looking for her. I said, Oh, you have my shampoo. This is great. And she goes, Oh, I've never seen you before. I said, Oh, well, I just started a new job. So I told her about my job and introduced myself and I was like, Oh, this is your place. She goes, it's my place. And I said, oh my goodness, how long have you been here? And I started finding out about her business and da-da-da. And, and I said, Oh, this is going to be my territory. So you'll see me. I'm out here today and this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Oh, well, I do long distance to order my products and da da da. And I was like, Oh, you do? And she goes, Yeah. She goes, Oh, next thing I knew, I had a signed thing. And I was like, well, <laughs> that was great. That yep. was great. I made it, I made a sale, right? And and I looked at her and I said, she was in a strip center. And I said, is there anybody else in this strip center that you know that, does, oh yeah, go see so-and-so does insurance and this guy down here and blah, blah, blah. And she actually walked me to the next wow, guy. Wow, that's she awesome. Walked down there. Yeah. He signed it. And then the next one. So then I get in my car and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to go to the next strip center. So I walked into a, a boutique that sold clothes and I walked in like I was shopping, started talking to somebody, did the same scenario. And I thought, oh, oh my goodness, this is so easy. People were just signing up. I just, <laughs> I just was talking to them. I just was talking to them and asking them about themselves, right? And I'll never forget it. I went back. I had in from whatever time it was, 1.30 till five o'clock, we had to come back with our stuff, right? I had 27 signed little wow. forms. Yep. We were supposed to get five. Wow. I got 27, right? So they were like, oh my God, what are you saying? What are you doing? You know, and I didn't want to tell them I was like shopping and, you know, like, right. So I was like, oh, I said, I did exactly what you told me to do. Right. -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they were like, oh my God, you, that was great. So now I'm driving home back home. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I I've got, I've got the, I've got the, like the, the program, I know what to do now. And sales is just Having a conversation. That's all it is. Asking people about themselves. It's just being curious. It's just you know asking questions. And it was the first time I think where sales really clicked for me. That that's that's what it was all about. It was about that relationship. It was about having conversation. It was about truly, authentically caring and being interested in somebody else. Yeah and then presenting what you had. So, you know, to me, that's what sales without selling is too.
1: Yeah. You know, you're one of the key takeaways and everything you just said was being authentic, being congruent, being genuine, being present. Right. percent. Yeah. There, 100%. There, there's none of this. Well, if they say this, I'm going to say that. And if they do this, I'm going to do that. No, you just show up and you have a human interaction
0: and, 100%. you know,
1: there are a lot of strategies and techniques to pierce someone's thinking. Absolutely. And that's advanced skill sets. And mm-hmm. it all starts with being okay with you so that others can be okay with you.
0: A hundred percent. And I I think too, it's, it's also, you know, we've all been in that networking group or maybe at that sales call where you can feel it. Like you're telling somebody something and they're just waiting to say their two cents. They're not listening to anything you say. So it is about being present too, and really being able to take in what someone's sharing with you, Yeah, um, because that's where the real gold is. That's where your, your success will really come from is asking those questions and listening. I mean, it sounds Absolutely. so simple, but it it truly is one of the hardest things that people have to do.
1: Well, sales success is simple because it's all science-based. And 100%. human behavior is all science. And- Absolutely. So Diana, welcome to the random round. I believe that success leaves clues. So I like to ask questions where we can extract uh, pertinent information. So someone can say, you know what, I'd really like to apply that to self or apply that to my life. And so I I have a couple questions for you. My, My first question to you is, and it's one of my favorites. It's what is your favorite word
0: and why? Um, I think my favorite word. Well, my favorite word is empathy, mm, um, I like because that. I believe uh, empathy creates energy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and energy creates uh, great engagement, excitement, mm-hmm. and experience, right? And um, so, so that's why um, empathy,
1: mm-hmm. empathy. Awesome, I like that one. So my next one, my next one. See, I believe that that success is a culmination of how we how we feed ourselves and grow ourselves on a continual basis and you know because i have a belief what we feed grows and what we starve dies so how do you enjoy consuming personal and professional development do you like do you like reading books reading blogs listening to podcasts watching videos uh, participating in group coaching, individual coaching, masterminding, going to live trainings, virtual trainings. How do you like to consume and
0: why? Okay. So first of all, yes. Okay. Yeah. I like, I like all of them, I
1: figured.
0: but I think my, my favorites, mm-hmm. um, well, first of all, uh, on a one-to-one basis, I love masterminding. I love being in a group of mm-hmm. brainstorming ideas, yeah. a group of thought leaders, people that can share information um I learn so much when I'm around others that are masterminding and brainstorming so I love that I would say that's probably my number one way that I love to consume information mm-hmm. um, secondly I do love to read um, and I have to say for the last uh this last year and a half I've had the luxury of reading um, Prior, I was more into audiobooks or now podcasting because I'm a person with busy eyes, right? I'm always traveling somewhere. I'm doing something, right? So for me, uh, sometimes I can't always watch something or read something, but I can definitely listen and um, take in that information. Mm. So those are probably my two favorites. And then of course, one-on-one is always, ultimate, you know, if I can go to a workshop, but realistically, I would say, um, the other is going to be probably my, my best scenario, masterminding or podcasting or breeding. So
1: I actually have a uh, solo podcast coming out about how, how important it is to, to develop yourself. I'm, I'm actually a geek when it comes to development I physically have a, a personal and professional development plan and I, sure. I renew it every year and, you know, I earmark yeah. 30% of my budget, 30% of my gross sales every year I applied back to self and, and I use that 30% and I, I, I allocate it accordingly. I like a mix of live trainings because I need that interaction. I'm not a huge fan of the huge stadium trainings. I'm an introvert. I like the intimate events. More
0: intimate. Yeah. Yep. I think that's why I love the masterminds. Yep. It's like, yeah.
1: I I I belong to a couple masterminds. I have a coach, a one-on-one coach for every area of my life um i i read 5 books a month i listen to anywhere i used to listen oh my gosh i used to listen to probably 10 books a month because i was traveling so much now now it's probably 2 to 3 books a month give or take yeah. uh, i consume a lot of self study you know virtual downloads and stuff like that however However, I, I know when you're part of the problem, you can't be part of the solution. So a lot of the virtual studies I do are also with people that I partake in live trainings or masterminds or one-on-one coaching so that I can get out of my way.
0: Yeah. yeah so I think, you know, as to be successful, we we have to do that. You have to have those self-development spiritually, physically, emotionally, uh, mentally, yeah. you have to have those stimulations and that 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 nourishment of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. You can't give from uh, an empty cup, right? You have to give from the overflow.
1: so Absolutely, yeah. Diana. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Oh my God,
0: it was such a, such an honor. So thank you for having me, and it's always good to chat. I love these kind of conversations. Yeah. So awesome.
1: If if our listeners would like to find you, follow you, reach out to you, what's the best way for them to connect with you?
0: Well, they can do it uh, a couple of different ways. They can email me at diana at excelperformance.com and it's E-X-S-E-L-L performance.com. So you can definitely email me. You can check me out on all the Facebook, LinkedIn is Diana Sabatino or Excel Performance, either or. Um, And then I also have a free gift for uh, anyone listening. Uh, I think you'll put, you can put the link up there for the chat, Uh, just some strategies for effective and profitable networking. So fantastic.
1: Thank you so much. Your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Let's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com/talk-to-stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com/talk-to-stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you.